Hello, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Mandy Hammond filling in for Melanie Hempy, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're new, we're so glad you found us. And to all of our regular listeners, welcome back. So today I have the honor of interviewing our guest, Doug Smith. He's a longtime friend of Screen Strong, and he's one of our Screen Strong ambassadors. He is also a mentor, a speaker, and an author. His book is called Unintentional, How Screens Secretly Shape Your Desires and How You Can Break Free. Welcome, Doug. Thank you so much, Mandy. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thank you for being here. We're just I'm so excited about this episode, um, kind of previewing what we're going to talk about, and I just think our listeners are going to love this today. So let's just jump right in. And to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? What made you passionate about this topic and even so far to write a book about it? Sure. Thank you. Well, yeah. So I kind of bring together three different streams of my, maybe I wear three different hats, I might say. First of all, I'm I'm a dad of four daughters. They're now four. All of them are grown and married and so we're in a whole different phase of life. It yeah. only seems like five minutes ago when they were little. I come from the heart of a dad um, fighting for his, the hearts of his daughters and now grandkids. I also come from a background of uh, being a software developer for most of my, well, for all of my adult life. So I've, been, I've done various different kinds of software development for almost coming up on 30 years now. Wow. It's hard to say out loud. <laughs> but uh, anyway, where does the years go? I know. Um, so I've been doing that a long time. And, and then... I come from being a lifelong Bible student as well. And as I watched the, as I've, all of us have grown up with this technology and I've grown up maybe a lot longer than some of our listeners, but it's hard to remember that the iPhone only came out in 2007. It wasn't that long ago for some people it's forever for me. I remember, and of course, remember technology before that. So I became concerned as I just watched all of, all of us, me, my family and how we were being affected by what was going on? I, I observed what appeared to be addiction at that time. You know, when I started, you know, when we were in the thick of it with our kids, and when even looking at my own myself, I was always, I've always been pretty intentional about technology. We always put a lot of boundaries and a lot of the practices, you know, that people recommend as far as, you know, as far as, and we can get into those details, but, but still felt this pull and had different struggles as as I started looking into it. I found. There was much, much more going on. I knew some things from my software development background. I had touched on some of the ways things are built. But back in 2014, I felt very seriously that I needed to go deeper into the research and bring these three aspects of my life together and really come out with a message that I had not seen really (laughs) until I found ScreenStrong as well. We talk about this a lot in our information you know, as far as the hours that kids are spending on screens. But like you said, this actually is affecting all of us. So we know that from just the stats that kids, teens, adults alike, I mean, we can look at our phone screen usage every week and see how many hours a day we're spending on there, but six to 12 hours a day on screens or more. So how have we gotten here? Like, what's the pull? Like what has pulled us? Right. That's, that's, that is the question. And that's why that's why I wrote my book. Why I called it unintentional. I called it unintentional. Mm-hmm. Most of us fell into that. We didn't. I, I often tell people when I when I speak, I you know, none of us when we were kids were like laid awake in bed. Man, when I grow up, you know what I want to be? I want to send my personal data to the most powerful corporations in the world for the equivalent of a full time job every day. Yeah. 
You know, we didn't. Or man, when I when I raise my kids, I really hope that my kids will grow up to isolate themselves in their rooms and be on their devices all the time. Like we didn't sign up for this, but how did we get there? Well, the reason the reason we got here is because the industry is very intentional in the way that they and, and as Screenstrong constantly says, in the way that they make their products addictive, habit forming, obsession forming, and so on, to the degree that we just we've just accepted that this is. This is the way it is because everybody's doing it. But why is everybody doing it? Because they're intentionally addictive. That is so true. And I think we find our place ourselves in this place that we're going, what do we do? Kind of what you just talked about was that intentionality imbalance and how the tech companies care more about our time than we do. So expound on that a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. What I realized as I was talking to people and doing the research and, and writing was that nobody means to do this. We just accidentally, you, you, people open up Facebook and for long there, you know, they've spent 45 minutes doing, they don't even remember, you know, and, and how did that happen? How did it get to where it was? Well, it's because the industry, again, they became the most powerful corporations in the world because they've hired top behavioral psychologists and neuroscientists to exploit weaknesses in our behavioral psychology. And they're constantly, constantly running tests on us. On every app, every website, every video platform, every video game, they're running constant, constant thousands of personal tests to figure out what works on us. What, what do we click? What do we like? What do we linger on just a little bit more? And, and all this data they gather is for one purpose, to get us continue to use their, their devices. So they're incredibly intentional about how we spend our time. And yet we are like, uh, th- this is a great example. I just... I just just recognized, I don't know if you saw this, but Netflix just came out with a new feature. It's a button that says, play something. Oh my God. Just says, no. play, play something. It's, so we have become so unintentional that not only can we, not only are we going to binge Netflix, which they came up with that name, yeah. binging, they invented that term and, they, and their CEO, as I say in my book, his stated goal, his main competitor was sleep. So then, so then we can't even be intentional enough to pick what we're going to watch. We just want Netflix to decide for us because they, they'll probably pick something good, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> based on our likes, based on the information they've gathered on us. Exactly. Based on what we watched last time, what we're likely to watch, what people like us watch, on and on and on. So, you know, again, it just, it's, it's so sad. So yeah, this is the intentionality and balance. They're more intentional with our time than we are. And that's, as I look at it as a balance beam, we've just got to become more intentional with our time than these corporations are. So what does this mean for our kids? I mean, we can we can talk about this as adults and kind of get angry about it and like, no, I'm not going to let people control me and I can delete the app off my phone or whatever. But what's happening when we're giving these devices to kids and to teens? I mean, the average age now that somebody's getting a smartphone is 10. Yeah. So what does this mean for their brains and their, I mean, if the tech companies can control us as adults like that, what is this doing to a whole generation coming up? Right. It's, it's just tragic. It breaks my heart. It's why, it's why I do this. It's because yes, you're right. As adults, we are affected. um, But addictions that form in childhood are much more damaging and long lasting. And really, you know, the resources at ScreenStrong are so fantastic with all of the specialists and doctors and neuroscientists that you guys have that psychologists, you know, that are wonderful and doing this deep research onto, you know, synaptic pruning and, and the changing in the neural pathways and the dopamine cycle and all these things. These are very real to all of us, but with our kids, 
It's much, much worse. It's, it's stealing their ability to develop the skills that they, that, that childhood is the only time you can develop those skills, right? Why, why do we, yeah. you know, why does mom make you take piano lessons and practice your piano um, when you're a child? Because you'll be thankful when you're an adult. Why do we teach languages? Why do we, are all the things that are easy now are things that we learned when we were kids. And unfortunately, our kids are learning how to be really good at social media and, and consuming videos and, and little, and it's robbing them of so much else. And it's leaving them, again, as, as, as you guys show in your research so well, it's leaving them depressed and anxious. Dr. Freed, you know, one of, the, one of your friends, one of our friends from ScreenStrong talks about how, you know, he sees kids, grade school kids that are harming themselves. He'd never seen that mm-hmm. before. It's destroying them, but it's doing it to all of them because of this cycle of peer pressure that's been fostered by, again, big tech. I make them out to be this kind of a villain, but I don't necessarily think they intend to be, you know, (laughs) predatory in the sense of like with evil motives, but their motives are not, you know, when they make Instagram kids or when they design Instagram kids, they're not doing that for the kids. They're doing it for the bottom line. The kids are the product. They're doing it the same way, the same thing that drug dealers, why drug dealers hang out at school playgrounds because they, and they, why they give out the first hit for free because they know they'll have a customer for life. Wow. Again, it's just, it's heartbreaking, but that's why we got to do this. That's why Screen Strong exists. That's why we need to fight for them. Yeah. And that's just such a sobering thought. Just the drug dealer at the playground is just such a mental picture. And it's like, oh my gosh, it just kind of made my stomach flip a little bit. Right. Wow. So how do we, what do we do, Doug? Like, how do we flip this imbalance back in our favor? How do we take back our thoughts and our control in our own lives? And then, you know, in turn, take it back from our kids too. Yeah, thank you. That's and that's what we have. The, thankfully, the solutions are out there, but the really the message is it's a very countercultural thing. Parents that are going to navigate themselves and their families through this era are going to have to be very, very different from other people. One of the first things that I do in my book is to just bring awareness. What is happening? We we have to learn what the strategies are. What is really happening? What's at stake? What are we missing out on and what are we facing? So the things I've mentioned, again, the things that ScreenStrong mentions so well, that teaches so well, you know, what's happening to our kids' brains? What's happening to all of us? What are we, what are we losing out on? So being aware that this is all happening. Um, and then the next thing I encourage people to do, because this can sometimes come out as a, as a negative, like don't, 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 you know, just say no, no, no to all this, all these things. And it's like, we don't really say no to things unless we have a better yes. What I encourage people to do, and I lead through them the process in my book, is to is to cast a vision for what their life could be like if they weren't really held back by what's going on with technology. What kind of a relationships would they like to have? Where would they like their kids to be? What would they like to accomplish? What did they want to grow up to do? What did they feel called to do? You know, that wasn't about spending six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day on, on some screen. With that in mind, when you cast a vision that's bright enough to sacrifice for, then you'll do the things that are needed. And then after that, I walk through five practices in my book uh, to help people then become the intentional people that are, they're made to be. Wow. Can you say that line again that you just said about sacrifice? Basically, yeah. When you have a clear vision of what you're here to do, You'll be willing to sacrifice to pay the price to make sure that you get it done. Oh, that's 
So good. You know, you've just got to do, we, especially with parents and kids, right? It can be so odd. Mom, you never let me do, you know, my friends can do blah, blah, blah. And we just say, if you're just, it's like, no, because I said so or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't really, that doesn't really work. And it shouldn't because, but if it's, if instead it's like, casting a family mission or kind of creating a mission for your family so that everybody understands what we're here for. Why are we here? What is, what are we as a family um, on this planet to do? What's God calling us to be? Who's God calling us to be? And, you know, if you're here for a purpose, if this is a mission that they can get on board with, then they can understand, you know, we're, we're different for a reason. We're not different because mom doesn't want us to have any fun or, you know, yeah, yeah. we're different because we're here for something more. And mm-hmm. so that's, that is the, the hope and the desire is to, uh, is to cast that vision and really build that mission to our families. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And I, I just wanted you to be able to say that twice for people to catch it. Cause I'm sitting here taking notes myself. <laughs> oh, thank so, you. I mean, I think we, you know, at screenshot we talk about, we have two choices as parents. We can go conventional and go mainstream because the world and society is telling us that our kids, you know, need these immersive screens to fit in, or they need them to function, which we've, a lot of us have found now that we've taken them back from our kids, that that's not actually true, mm-hmm. or they can go countercultural, which we've been talking about. So I love that whole thing of just finding a better yes and casting a vision for your family, like cast a vision for your kids. So I guess they know what they're sacrificing for. I think if we just say, no, you can't, because I said so that when there's no, you know, vision behind it. So I love how you said that, that just even helped me as a parent. So thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. So how do people find freedom? Um, you talk about how to find freedom. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so my book is a Christian book. I'm a Christian. And so it's my story. It's the story of how I've overcome things. It's very personal. And there's some really pretty significant intimate details. We'll add one, one editor recommend, hey, if you made this a secular book, you could probably reach more people. And I said, well, maybe, but I'm, but that's just not my story. I don't have that book to write. I don't have a secular solution. My answer is, is, is Christ. And so I have five biblical practices. And the first one, the first one is, is start from a posture of surrender to Christ. That posture is different. What I, what I find unique about the posture of surrender, when I come and I say, I can't do this on my own, Lord, I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. And all that I am and all that I have is yours then that posture is very different from a message of balance that I often hear from people that don't really want to make any countercultural changes. They just want to go, oh, just be balanced with technology. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem with balance is that I'm the most balanced person I know. I'm the most moderate person I know. You know, yeah. I, I'm always, everything I do makes perfect sense in my mind. I'm not, not I'm certainly not as imbalanced as those people over there. So from a perspective of balance, we can, we can talk ourselves into almost anything and then make no changes. So when you start from a place of surrender, some adults can't have a smartphone because in their process of surrender, it just takes them off track. Kids, you know, that just as, as we recommend with Screen Strong, like they, they don't need a smartphone. They don't, they just don't. But from a posture of surrender, Lord, what do you have for me? Again, it's a posture, it's an attitude, it's a daily walking thing. We say, Lord, do you need to take this away? Do I need to take it away for a while? What are you calling, again, more importantly, what are you calling me to and what's holding me back? And so that's why that's the first practice. The second one is to remove anything that's holding you back. You turn away and remove anything that's holding you back. And so this is where we get kind of practical and like, all right, what is it? What, what specifically 
do I need to surrender in my life? Is it we get rid of all the games, we get rid of all the smartphones. We like in my family, we have one TV that's always in a closet and that we pull it out, you know, very intentionally when we want to watch it. We don't have cable. We, you know, just we limit we limit a lot of things because I know if I have it, if it's sitting there, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. So I had to do that and remove that, all kinds of things. So I walk people through that, turning away from those things. So then once those things are out, the third thing is to renew your mind. And the Bible talks about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, 2. And that's such a powerful, powerful verse. The idea of being conformed, there, that's, there's a metallurgy kind of, the forming of metal. You think about metal being melted into a, 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 a form and it becomes a certain shape. And that's what the world is conforming us by our screens to go down these roads that are just really harming us. And so, but we need to be transformed. That's a big, that's another huge word, the change, the transformation that can happen. How does it happen? It happens because our minds are being renewed. We believe different things because we have different input. As a programmer, I was, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So it's what comes out, what you take in is what is going to come out. So that's the process that I go through that. And then the next thing is, is to replace bad habits with good ones. That's the fourth one. There are books written on the subject of how to make addictive apps, how to make things addictive. And yeah. I quote from these books. One of them is called Hooked, and that's by Nir Al. He, he writes how to make things addictive and habit forming. Um, there's another one called Evil by Design. So anyway, they're building habit forming into the apps. So we've got these bad habits. So what do we do? Well, we can't just stop bad habits unless we replace them with something better. And, and that's a long, often, depending on how addicted people are, that can be a really long process to replace those habits. But I walk through some ideas about how to do that. And then the last one is just to pursue your God-given purpose, your calling. So that means you have to find it, you have to know what it is, and then really go after it. Again, so that you're you're not only, it's not that we're not doing this, we're, we're just saying no to a bunch of things. We're saying yes, because we're here. The thing that, that's one of the things that just breaks my heart about this whole issue is what we're missing. Where's the next Mozart that isn't composing because he's on TikTok? Yeah. Where's the woman who's going to cure cancer, except she's too depressed because she's on Instagram and she doesn't think she looks as cool as everybody else, but she's a genius. Yeah. Even that just brings tears to my eyes. As a dad of daughters, you know, it's like these kids, are, we're losing them. We've got to be able to understand what we're losing and then understand what we're here for. Man, kiddo, you are, you are a genius at, at math. Look at you go. You know, we could, you know what you could do with that? You could, you could change the world. God's blessed you with that gift. Or look at your music or look at your writing or look at your ability to, to run or just whatever it is. But anyway, pursue what you're called to do is the thing. Because I found... Ultimately, I've found that if you're busy doing the things that God's called you to do, it's a lot easier to not get back involved in the things that are taking you off track. So those are the five things. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Those are just great practical things. And, you know, we talk a lot about you can't just, as far as on the screens, you can't just take them away from your kids. Like we just finished a conference this past weekend, um, a homeschooling conference, and a lot of parents, you know, light bulb moments mm -hmm. were going off and they're like, oh my gosh, I got, I got to do something. We're like, okay, don't run home and just snag everything away. Like you kind of right. need, you need to educate yourself and you need to know what you're going to replace them with because just taking them away and letting them sit there staring at the ceiling is probably not going to work. You know, you need to replace them with those fun things and train their brain again to get into those good habits. And then eventually they will detox and they will come back to you. And it's a beautiful thing. I love this so much, Doug. This is great information. 
So kind of as we're wrapping up here, what are any final thoughts or advice that you have for anybody who works with kids and teens, has kids and teens? I mean, we're talking parents, teachers, youth pastors, pastors. I mean, what would you say to anybody who kind of has this platform to get into these kids' lives? What would your advice be to them? Oh, that's so good. Um, What I would say is it is my firm belief that in 20 years-ish, at some point in the future, people are going to look back on this era and go, what were they thinking? How in the world did they give this technology to their kids? Why did everyone do that? We look back on um, you know, things in the past. It's so easy to look back and go, wow, those, you know, those people in the, in the days of slavery, how could they have ever owned slaves? You know, those people in Nazi Germany, how could they have ever gone along with the, with the Nazis? You know, the, we never, ever would have done that. Well, we're doing that. We're doing that with screens. We have to see it that seriously and understand what would we be thankful for? What will be, what do we wish we would have done with our kids, with our, with the kids that we influence, understanding that this is really causing serious, serious harm. It's not just a form of technology. It's not just, oh, technology is technology and, and it's good because it's new. And that's just part of the, the, the um, deception, I think, around this subject that sure at it's made of plastic and metal and electronics and all that kind of stuff, but it's intentionally addictive. Yeah. It's really intentionally addictive. So Cal Newport, who wrote Digital Minimalism, and he, yeah. he has a lot of great things to say on the subject, but he, he said in an interview a while back now, he, he made an optimistic quote around, he thought in five years, we would look at a teenager with a smartphone like we do today at a teenager with cigarettes. Yeah. I think it's been a while. I think he was optimistic. I don't think, yeah. I think we're too deep. But that's what I would say when you, we have to start seeing it like that. So learn, learn from Screen Strong, learn, learn what's actually happening and be willing to be countercultural so that in 20 years, when those kids are grown, they'll say, thank you. You know, thank you for giving me an imagination. Thank you for helping me not be an addict. Thank you for that. I'm different from other people that went all in on technology and in the 2010s and 2020s. So I think that having that long view is what I would encourage everyone to, to have. That's fabulous. And I love something we say a lot on social media and we just say in person to anybody is that parents, adults that have kids in our life, that you have permission to delay these devices. You have mm-hmm. permission. If it's us giving it to you, take it, that you can delay these things. You can take them away if they're an issue and you have that gut check. And after listening to this today, you think I need to remove the things that are hindering. You know, We encourage you to do that. So Doug, just before I close out here, where can people find you, your book? Um, what resources can you offer? Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, well, Doug Smith is a common name. So my website is that Doug Smith, T-H-A-T. <laughs> so I'm that Doug Smith. Love it. <laughs> or depending on, oh, you're that Doug Smith? So yeah. either way, it can kind of go both ways. So at thatdougsmith.com or on amazon.com, it's unintentional by Doug Smith. And so, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today and and sharing this with us. We really appreciate it. Well, I'm honored to be here. I love Screen Strong. As I say, I have several Melanie quotes in my book and um, and, and it's Screen Strong has been a huge blessing to me and my family. So I'm just super glad to be championing the message as well. So thank you so much for all you do. Yes. Love it. Okay. Well, I hope you all enjoyed listening to this awesome episode today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends. You can head over to our website, screenstrong.com to donate. We are a nonprofit. And so your donations help us continue this message. Um, You can also learn more about our seven day detox screen strong challenge. 
and also our fairly new Kids Brains and Screens 101 educational experience. It's under the Learn tab on our website, and you will love that. Make sure if you are looking for community and support, we have an incredible Screen Strong Families Facebook group where you're going to find support from other parents just like you. So come and join us over there. Also, if you're interested in starting your own in-person Screen Strong group and kind of finding your tribe for kids or for parents, you can register to be a Screen Strong representative in your community. So you can find this under our resources tab on our website or simply email us at team at screenstrong.com for more information. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.